Okay, hello everybody. Today is Monday, another Zodiac Monday. Welcome to the show. The first thing I would like to do is say thank you to everyone who checked out the debunking videos over the weekend. I did one on Bruce Davis and the Zodiac Manson connection, as well as another one on none other than Arthur Lee Allen, whom we will be discussing today. But first, just a couple of quick reminders. If you would like, you can download the audio of this program for free at Launchpad 1. There's a link to that in the description box. You can download the audio, take it on the go, anywhere and anyhow. It's the audio as a pure podcast. You can also go over to Amazon.com, check out the book Killer on a White Horse. It's a novel, murder mystery, by me, Ned Dahan. And another great way to support the show is by visiting the Teespring page. The link to that is also in the description box. Lots of great things in the description box. But have a look at some of the merchandise, and remember... Being weird is not a crime. Today we're going to be talking about Arthur Lee Allen and another crime that he could possibly be connected to, and that is the 1982 murder of Carolyn Eaton. But first, I think we need to set the stage and lay out some of the groundwork. Robert Graysmith, author of Zodiac, Zodiac Unmasked, was perhaps the most famous writer to ever tackle this case. And what Graysmith did in his books is not only accuse Arthur Lee Allen of being the Zodiac Killer, and it's really not only Graysmith, we also have to bear in mind that the authorities looked at Lee Allen very closely. You could say he was the prime suspect. But Graysmith also tried to connect Arthur Lee Allen to a series of other murders all around the western part of the United States. He tried to turn the image of Arthur Lee Allen into a very prolific serial killer image. Firstly, he accused Arthur Lee Allen of the 1966 murder of Sherry Jo Bates in Riverside, California. That's not too outrageous. Many Zodiac theorists try to connect their suspects to the murder of Sherry Jo Bates, although after the revelations that the Bates had to die letters are a hoax, I think that's going to be happening less frequently. But then, three weeks after the murder of Sherry Jo Bates, Robert Graysmith accused Lee Allen of being the person who attempted to abduct a Riverside co-ed from UC Riverside. Sherry Jo Bates was a student at RCC Riverside City College. This attempted abduction occurred in November of 1966 at UC Riverside. And then he points out the similarities among those two crimes to the Kathleen Johns incident and saying that, hey, look, this is all one person. And his suspect was, of course, Arthur Lee Allen. But then, Graysmith would also accuse Lee Allen of committing the Santa Rosa hitchhiker slayings in the early 1970s, saying he's not just the Zodiac Killer, he's actually a very prolific serial killer who is operating all over the western United States, mostly in the state of California. But as we are going to see today, Robert Graysmith didn't go as far as to make this claim, but... The channel ZNN, Zodiac News Network, which somebody shared to me, big thank you to the person who uh, sent me this video, which I discussed in a previous AMA, but they put forward a case for Arthur Lee Allen being a suspect in the murder of Valentine Sally, which occurred in 1982. And I'm still using that name. That was a pseudonym that was attributed to her. She was an unidentified person, a Jane Doe, for many years, but she has since been identified as Carolyn Eaton. Now, the murder occurred on or about February 4th of 1982, Valentine Sally entered a cafe with a man 
who was wearing a cowboy hat that had some type of peacock feather on it, and the server in that cafe was a woman named Patty Wilkins. And ZN and Zodiac News Network, to their credit, tracked down the server, Patty Wilkins, and they interviewed her again, and she identified that man as Arthur Lee Allen. They have a video about him and her on their channel, ZNN Zodiac News Network, and she says she'll never forget that face. That's the man who was with Carolyn Eaton, Valentine, Sally. Now, people aren't exactly sure when the murder of Valentine, Sally took place. They're also not 100% able to um, determine the cause of death, but it if you look up the murder of Carolyn Eaton, you will see that it's on or about February 4th of 1982. Then her remains are discovered on February 14th of 1982. I believe it's only about a mile from the cafe where she was last seen with this older man. So they um, instantly gave her the name Valentine Sally and... I first learned about how this process works by watching America's Most Wanted as a kid, and I saw this very large presentation on a girl named Daisy Jane Doe, and I thought that was her real name, but they called her that because she had a tattoo of a daisy on her body, and then later on in the episode, they talked about a different Jane Doe, and that's when I learned that Jane Doe is just the name for an unidentified person. I was like eight or nine years old or something, watching true crime on the television, John Doe and Jane Doe. That's how I learned about it, and I also learned from that episode, from the very beginning, that the authorities like to try and differentiate um, certain characteristics of the victims. To It's even just done in terms of humanizing them, to give them some name that would stand out from the crowd. And when Carolyn Eaton was buried in the ground, they even had a headstone for her that said Valentine Sally, because they didn't want her to just be unidentified person, unmarked grave. It's doing something that allows people to recognize the humanity of this person who was murdered. So, but yeah, she gets the name because she was found on the uh, 14th of February, Valentine's Day. They gave her that name. And she remained Valentine Sally for many years until her body was exhumed and DNA testing was done to reveal that she was none other than Carolyn Eaton. Now, if you were to put in Valentine Sally or Carolyn Eaton into um, Google and just try to find out what was her cause of death, unidentified.org says that her cause of death is, under is it has never been conclusively determined, but it is believed to have been asphyxia. All right, so how does a big strike against anything to do with the Zodiac Killer. Can you name one time when the Zodiac ever killed a victim by asphyxia? The Zodiac primarily operated by shooting the victims at Lake Herman Road, Blue Rock Springs, the Paul Stein murder. But then we have um, the Lake Berryessa stabbing. Zodiac had countless opportunities to asphyxiate the victims, to strangle them. And I also do not like it when people try to connect victims to the Zodiac Killer when there's a lot of personal interaction at those confirmed canonical crimes that I just listed off, Lake Herman Road, Blue Rock Springs, Lake Berryessa, and the Stein murder, the Zodiac is not having long extended conversations with people in a restaurant. Yes, of course, there are stories of how this person was harassing Darlene Farron in a restaurant where she worked and he would come regularly 
but he has been identified as George Waters. And many times I refer to this guy, George Waters, as a Filipino-American. I believe that's incorrect. He was born in the Philippines, but his race was listed as Caucasian in the police reports. And you can read them all in Zodiac, just the facts, or find them online. But they've identified the guy. They don't believe he's the Zodiac killer. He was checked out after the murder of Darlene Farron at the Blue Rock Springs shooting. Here's another point about the Zodiac Killer that I also find is almost never mentioned. Like, a lot of people are going to look at the unconfirmed crimes, like the murder of Sherry Jo Bates, the, the Kathleen Johns incident, and even that attempted abduction of the Riverside co-ed in November of 66 that Graysmith was talking about. The Zodiac did not target lone women. Absolutely not. The Zodiac just didn't do it. Not with um, Lake Herman Road, Blue Rock Springs, Lake Berryessa, or the Stein murder. With the murder of Paul Stein on October 11th of 1969, you do see the Zodiac targeting a single man, a man who was alone in the taxi cab. Very, very different crime. And I am so horribly suspicious about why the Zodiac did that. And one of you guys said in the comment section, the murder of Paul Stein is a giant mind fudge. The more that you think about it, there's no reason for it. There is no there's no pattern. Everything is just broken up. It is mind-boggling. But with the murder of Carolyn Eaton, Valentine Sally, you have a man and a woman entering into this cafe, and the server, Patty Wilkins, said she spent about an hour talking to them. So that isn't she has the, an enormous amount of opportunity to learn about them, their physical features, their um, personalities, I mean, characteristics about these people. And she said she thought they were family members, although uh, Valentine Sally has been identified as Carolyn Eaton. So, um, and I don't think that they've located a family member that would have matched the description. Otherwise, this case may have taken a very different turn. But you have this man and a woman sitting together at a table, and he sounds like a little bit of a different person, although she did conclusively identify Arthur Lee Allen as the man who was with Carolyn Eaton on that day in February 4th, 1982. So that's the biggest connection that um, Lee Allen has to the murder of Carolyn Eaton. But well, they brought up some very, um, very key details as on CNN Zodiac News Network, and Patty Wilkins is interviewed in that, and she's talking about how Carolyn Eaton was complaining of a toothache the entire time, and she had told somebody else previously that she had a partial root canal. I know absolutely nothing about dentistry, but um, maybe you have heard the term odontology at a certain point, and it's, I guess, the study of tooth diseases or something like that. And it'll come up later on because it was very relevant in identifying Carolyn Eaton's remains. But she has this partial root canal where the tooth has been drained, so says the internet, and she's complaining about it the whole time, and the server, Patty Wilkins, even helped Carolyn Eaton put an aspirin in the gap in her tooth to try and help things, but she's spending so much time with these people that she is learning all kinds of characteristics, and she's very confident that she saw Arthur Lee Allen that day. But Alan was a sex offender, and much like the Zodiac crimes, the victims were not sexually assaulted, much like Carolyn Eaton was not sexually assaulted. 
So that's also a strike that is against him. And I'm just going to cut to one very big point that was mentioned on Zodiac News Network. They said that the perpetrator who was with Carolyn Eaton on the day that she was murdered, or on the day close to the time when she was murdered, this man in the cowboy hat with the peacock feathers, that he was around 50 to 55 years old. All right, well, Arthur Lee Allen was born in, what was it, 1933? So... That would make sense, right? 1982, he would be just about at that range. He would be just short of 50 years old. Do you remember his birthday? Of course you do, December 18th, because two days before the Lake Herman Road murders, right? But if you look at the missing persons poster, the or just the poster that featured the composite sketches of these individuals, you'll see that the date of the perpetrator, um, or the age of the perpetrator, rather, says... She may have been killed by the man depicted with whom she was spotted in a truck stop shortly before her death. He was 60 to 65 years old, a white male wearing a cowboy hat with peacock feathers. I'm not going to lie to you guys, this guy does have some facial similarities to Arthur Lee Allen. He has the very wide, almost moon face, I repeat, almost, this guy here in the, um, in the composite. But Lee Allen was a little bit more moon faced than this guy. And there were uh, multiple depictions made of Valentine Sally, who has since been identified as Carolyn Eaton. The first one that came out, like the sketch of her, I thought was an absolutely um, terrible one, to be honest, to be very frank. And that's because it doesn't even look lifelike, and it doesn't even look like a person. It's depicted as a cartoon, and I don't know how anyone could actually recognize definitive facial characteristics of this cartoon image. But, believe it or not, the actual cartoon that they created, the computerized animation of Valentine Sally, looks more, indeed, like her. And that, I think, is much more similar to the actual photo of Carolyn Heaton. But it does bother me about the perpetrator's age that he is listed as 60 to 65, when Lee Allen certainly was not 65 years old in 1982. I mean, he would have been just approaching his 50th birthday thereabouts. So that's another strike against him. But to help us out, I'm going to go over to a website called storiesoftheunsolved.com. On February 14, 1982, an Arizona Department of Public Safety officer was searching for a blown-out tire and discovered the decomposing body of an unidentified female about 11 miles from Williams in Coconino County, Arizona. The body, which appeared to have been dragged to the location, was face down under a cedar tree by the westbound lanes of I-40 near milepost 151. The stretch of interstate where Jane Doe was found, and as I said, she has since been identified as Carolyn Heaton, was, has been known for an incline where truckers will often pull off to cool their brakes. Upon her body being brought into Coconino County, medical examiner's office, it was determined that this Jane Doe had died approximately two weeks prior to being found. And as we said, a Carolyn Eaton was last seen on February 4th, and her body is found on February 14th, 10 days, about two weeks. Due to the extensive animal and insect activity, her face and neck were severely damaged. Her right ear was also missing. There were no signs of sexual assault. While the cause of death is unknown, police believe that it could be a possible homicide. And as I said, the unidentified page um, suggests that asphyxia, asphyxiation, she was strangled to death, but it is not conclusive. There is no broken 
hyoid bone, and death by suffocation is also a working theory. Again, that's something that's very different from the Zodiac crimes. A search of the area where this woman was found showed evidence that she had been pulled out of the sleeper cab of a truck by her belt loops. The jeans had been that she had been found showed the rear belt loop had been broken. See, I mean, that's a big stretch. I didn't get the thing about being pulled by the loops of your jeans, like the belt loop. Maybe they can, they've learned about that, but she was pulled from the sleeper cab of a truck. They don't seem to provide too many explanations on how they got to that conclusion. Early into the investigation, the Jane Doe was dubbed Valentine's Sally, as I said, because she was found on Valentine's Day. This is important, though. A Northern Arizona University student came forward to say that he picked up a hitchhiker fitting this woman's description near Cordes Junction on February 2nd of 1982. And um, he had um, also talked to this um, woman. He had talked to Carolyn Eaton, and he even learned that information that she had had the partial root canal previously. So um, that is a seems all consistent. It seems like this guy is telling the truth that not only he met somebody, but he did indeed meet the real Carolyn Eaton. And um, let's keep going here. According to the student, the woman claimed to be from Phoenix, where she had worked as a dishwasher and lived with friends. However, due to family problems, she was on her way to New Jersey and was planning a trip to the Little America truck stop in Flagstaff, Arizona, in order to get a ride with a truck driver to the East Coast. I can get how they think that she was pulled out of the cab of a sleeper, the sleeper cab of a truck, excuse me, but, I mean, they must know something that we don't, there must be some type of fibers or other type of physical evidence that isn't mentioned in these news reports. Few witnesses put Valentine Sally with one or two men at the Monte Carlo truck stop in Ash Fork, Arizona, during the early morning hours of February 4th, 1982. According to the witnesses, one of the men was seen that was seen was white, around 60 to 65 years old, and he stood between 5 foot 8 and 5 feet 10 inches tall. I also think that's a little bit too short to be Arthur Lee Allen, if that is the man in the peacock feathered hat. He had been wearing long checkered uh, pants and a brown checkered vest and had a peacock feather stuck to his hat. Specifically, a server at the truck stop described the two investigators an encounter with a teenage girl who refused food and asked for aspirin to treat the toothache. That is Patty Wilkins. The server believed to, that she was around 16 to 17 years old, and she said to be with a man the waitress believed to be a male relative, either a father or an uncle. According to her, the pair had entered the truck stop at around 3 a.m. on the morning of February 4, 1982, and left about an hour later. At one point during the investigation, the police detained a suspect from Flagstaff who was a trucker who fit the description of one of the witnesses described. His wife was also said to resemble Valentine Sally. However, his wife was located and was alive. So I think that is, um, that guy probably was not the right person. But this story is going to take a very big turn. I mean, with like, without like any connection to the Zodiac Killer or not. And that is that... They identified the remains of this person, whom we've been calling Valentine Sally, in 1984, two years after the murder. And she was identified as Melody Cutlip, who was a runaway from Florida. But what the way that this was done was that odontology stuff that I mentioned before. I mean, I'm really not an expert on forensic odontology, but even if you Google it, 
you'll see that it's done by comparing photos of the victim's teeth. Like, some guy was... In one source, he's referred to as a forensic odontologist, and in another source, he's referred to as an um, orthodontist. But he's looking at the dental records of Valentine Sally, and he's looking at a photo of Melody Cutlip's teeth, and he determined that they were the same person. And the family of Melody Cutlip absolutely disagreed with that. I mean, maybe you could call it their familial instincts or something, but they're like, we don't believe you. But she had been identified for two years. They just thought that this woman was named Melody Cutlip. But Melody Cutlip returned home in 1986, and she wasn't dead. Just looking at the photos of teeth isn't a very good identifier. And then Valentine Sally would later be um, identified as Carolyn Eaton through DNA years later. So, um, firstly, that shows that there are some very big advancements in the forensic sciences. I think we'll get a lot of answers about missing persons cases. I hope that this episode is going to be sharing something. And the big takeaway is that I don't believe the Zodiac Killer targeted lone women. Not Sherry Jo Bates, not Kathleen Johns, not Joan Webster, not Carolyn Eaton. I don't believe that the Zodiac was someone who went after women solely. I think there's a reason why the Zodiac Killer targeted couples. And Michael Cole talks a lot about this in his Zodiac Revisited trilogy when he says that he believes the Zodiac crimes were started by animosity toward heterosexual couples. Like perhaps you have a heterosexual male who is being very, um, very, well, hateful and very jealous of other people who get to experience traditional heterosexual uh, romance, and he feels very resentful, he's getting very angry about that, and he retaliates in a destructive way, and that's the source of his destructive tendencies. I mean, the Freudians would say that the source of his destructive tendencies is perhaps a hatred of his, his parents, and he hates them for creating him in a way in which he is unable to attract asexual partner, and I believe all of that is correct in the Zodiac Killer mystery, that sort of explains why the Zodiac would go after couples but not sexually assault the women. If we look at a, another crime that was committed somewhat close to California and Arizona, that is none other than the 1974 murder of Dana Lowe, and some people say that, yes, absolutely, this was the Zodiac Killer, it was Lawrence Kane, but other people say this was not the Zodiac Killer. Because in that case, you have a man and a woman who are attacked at a lover's lane, but the Zodiac devotes all of his attention to the woman to the point where the male in that case, Roy Tophai, is able to run away and hide in a ravine. And they're like, no, that's not the Zodiac killer. He always tried to neutralize the male threat first. And you notice that with the Zodiac mystery. That is one of the few patterns that does seem to be present. The Zodiac would neutralize the male victim. And you see this clearly at the Lake Berryessa stabbing on September 27th. Brian Hartnell is stabbed by um, the Zodiac first. Now, it's possible at the Blue Rock Springs shooting on July 4th of 1969 that the Zodiac fired bullets at Darlene Farron first. The first shot actually might have gone across Mike Majot and shot Darlene Farron's arm when she was holding the steering wheel at Blue Rock Springs Park because she was the bigger threat because she's the person who's in the driver's seat. She may have been the person who would have been viewed as a bigger threat because she can drive away. I think that's um, 
not 100% certain right now whom the Zodiac would have thought was a bigger threat in that scenario. But I would ask you guys this as a challenge question. Can you give me an example of when the Zodiac ever targeted a lone female? You can't even really say the Kathleen Johns incident because she was with her child at the time. Also very, very far out of the Zodiac's wheelhouse. But we have to remember that there is no rule book on how to commit crimes. There is no rule book on being a serial killer. In fact, to the contrary, these are illegal, immoral, and dangerous things that people are doing. And some people believe the Zodiac Killer operated in this way because he thought, if I change my pattern, I won't get caught. And maybe he was right. With the murder of Carolyn Eaton, I think that this man is too old to be Arthur Lee Allen. I think that he is also somewhat different. Arthur Lee Allen was gay. He had a record of targeting young boys, or, I mean, they're boys around the adolescence age, teenagers. So, I don't think that it would have been too outrageous to think that Lee Allen would, would have been a suspect if he had been targeting a male, but even a 17-year-old female, uh, Lee Allen was working at a school because he wanted to be close to children. He was a sickening, twisted, and demented person, but I don't believe that he is the man in that composite sketch. I mean, maybe it is a trucker who was closer to age 60, or maybe just someone who was in his late 50s, looked a little bit older, he's wearing that cowboy hat, and here's another point, though, with the murder of Carolyn Eaton. We aren't even 100% sure that that guy, the man in the peacock hat, is the person who committed the crime. She was just last seen with him. I mean, we really do not know. He seems very, very likely. Imagine some argument could have kicked off and then she was murdered. But I will share one final thing with you guys. With the murder of Valentine Sally, a.k.a. Carolyn Eaton, there is another suspect, and his name is Royal Long. Royal Russell Long Royal, just R-O-Y-A-L. And he's the suspect in several other crimes, and they think that he may have been the person who was seen with Carolyn Eaton on that day in um, 1982. I do not think that it's this guy, if composite sketches mean anything. And for the following reason. It, this guy has a very different nose shape. His nose is very flat. Royal Long's is rather pointed. And it's really quite difficult when they show this image of him next to the composite because he has a beard and the uh, suspect there does not. But O. Henry even wrote about this in one of his stories called After 20 Years about how Okay, 20 years might go by, but the shape of a man's nose is not going to change that dramatically to go from that pointed nose shape to a flat nose shape. So I also do not believe that he is the person who was with Valentine Sally Carolyn Eaton on that day. I think that, and I, this is very um, saddening to say, but I think Patty Wilkins is just simply mistaken and that it's not Arthur Lee Allen. And she's the person who experienced this. She's the person who had these interactions. She said she was traumatized by the encounter, seeing this girl, Carolyn Eaton, in the cafe at the truck stop, and then learning that she had been murdered, and just always having the memory of that person who was with her. But I just believe it's not Arthur Lee Allen. And I also do not think that Lee Allen would have um, 
go on to these, um, going about the crime in this way, I mean, firstly, I mean, do we have proof that Arthur Lee Allen murdered anybody? And, yeah, he's a sex offender. Yes, he's a child molester. He is a, um, despicable person. He was, anyway, passed away in 1992. But is this the type of crime that he would have committed? I also do not believe that Arthur Lee Allen was the, um, it was the perpetrator of the Santa Rosa hitchhiker slayings because those victims were also women who were targeted by themselves, sexually assaulted. Even in the murder of Kim Wendy Allen, one of the Santa Rosa victims, she was raped and there's DNA left behind. Almost certainly not. Was Arthur Lee Allen the perpetrator in the murder of Valentine Sally? Almost certainly not. So I think we're just going to have to leave it at that. But um, another great way that you guys can support the show is that there has been a playlist assembled on this channel that connects the victims of crimes that could be attributed to the Zodiac Killer. It's almost like lesser known crimes that could possibly have been the Zodiac. And a great way to support the channel is just by listening, but you can also share with anyone who's familiar with the true crime world. For example, um, on that playlist, there is Donald Lee Buyak and the murder of Otto Fawson, Michael O'Hare and the murder of Joan Webster, Gareth Penn and the murder of Nikki Benedict, and this one is going to be added in there, Arthur Lee Allen and the murder of Valentine Sally, and then Lawrence Kane and the murder of Dana Lowell. So, if you know people who are just um, passionate about the true crime world, feel free to share this with them, and that's where I'm going to leave it at for now. What do you think about the murder of Carolyn Eaton? Do you think there are any um, hallmarks or standout points about the Zodiac Killer in this one? Do you believe that Arthur Lee Allen could be the person in that composite sketch, or is it just a case of mistaken identity? Please weigh in in the comments section below. Anybody can write the show at blackboxonlineradio at AOL.com, and I will see you on Instagram for the bonus podcast. Until next time.